corner, taken by Fuller. Aswell takes Hatch. Who gets the shot? Tony Kello, left footed, 4-0. Fuller. Kello can't miss the next corner. Kello scores his 18th of the season, and that's 1-0. If you didn't know, my name is Tony Callow. That nearly rhymes. You're listening to Callow's Bootlaces with Fozzy and Kirkster. Callow's Bootlaces, the Exeter City show for Grecian fans the world over. Two men with faces for radio. We're online on your mobile and on 107.3. This is Radio X. More importantly, it's an FA Cup week on Keller's Bootlaces. And the excitement and the atmosphere in the studio tonight is palpable, mm. isn't it, Graham? It is, it is palpable. You can almost feel it and you can touch it if that's what palpable means. <laughs> well, I must be excited because <laughs> I'm calling you Graham. <laughs> exactly. Come on, Sidney. Come and, on. And Mr. Larkin's fair to him. He told us what palpable meant, so fair play. <laughs> yeah, I got that from a dictionary, so yeah. Okay. <laughs> Guys, we're up for the cup, aren't we? Massively. Massively. Absolutely, and and we got a good chance, haven't we, Simon? Uh, well, the form Liverpool are on, you you would have said so, yeah. What about the form Exeter City are on? Well, we won't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a great show coming up tonight. Kirky and myself travelled up to Liverpool over the Christmas period, and we caught up with the ex Exeter City manager Alex Inglethorpe, who was in charge, of course, the last time we got to the third round in 2005. Kirky, what were you doing 11 years ago? Still excited? Yeah, usually, because I just sorted out my tickets, I think. So, uh, the big road trip up to Old Trafford. Eleven years to the day, I can't believe that's that's gone. Can you remember it like it was yesterday? It was a great, great, uh, great occasion. And uh, when that Man United team was read out, I think we all thought we had half a, half a chance, didn't we? So we, let's let's hope the uh, Mickey Mouses did the same. We certainly did. And it was great to catch up with Alex, wasn't oh, it? Oh, it's great. He's so generous with his time, wasn't he? What did he give us? Three hours. Three hours. We spent three hours. Him. You were in your element, weren't you, in the <laughs> Liverpool Academy? It was it was a brilliant day out. It was a brilliant three hours. Day out. I could only do an hour with you boys. <laughs> Jesus. So we'll catch up with Alex. Two parts tonight, all about that third round tie 11 years ago and then a future show his time at Exeter City. We'll also talk a little bit about Dagenham and Redbridge, the game that's just gone on Saturday, another disappointing home result for Exeter City. And if we've got time, we'll squeeze in one of Kirky's FA Cup quizzes. But first, we're going to start the show with a song that might give us all a little bit of hope ahead of Friday. Number 51, Exeter City, will be at home to Liverpool. Suddenly, I'm not half the man I used to be. There's a shadow hanging over me. Oh, and yesterday came suddenly. Away by Carragher. Howard's there once more. Still going. Oh, yes! He's won it! Liverpool are going out to the FA Cup. And what a chance and what a goal! Richard Paquette, can you believe this? What a sensation here at Anfield! It's at the cup end. It's 1-0 to Harrington Waterloo. Yesterday, love was such an easy game to play. 
Bootlaces on Radio X. Hats off to you, Simon Larkins. Excellent Thank you. job on the song there. And Kirky puts it into perspective, doesn't it? Odom had lost seven out of eight. I can't believe that, could you? Because I remember that game. Yeah. I think, you know, a few City fans feel a little bit down about the, the four league games and the, you know, the four losses in a row and the fact that we're going in on that bad run. But like you say, that's a massive boost, you know. It's, as they say, funny old game. So Oldham was lost seven out of, seven out of eight, seven out of nine. Yeah, yeah. incredible. And did it. So it gives, it gives a little bit of hope yeah, ahead. I do say your form book goes out of the window for the FA Cup, and, and perhaps that's true with that little clip there. And uh, and just going through all those uh, clips as well, they were all after the 2006 FA Cup when they won it against West Ham, and they've had a few shocks in in that time. They've uh, lost to Barnsley at home. They've lost to Reading at home. Okay, okay. When Reading was <laughs> they, they, they even lost to Northampton in the League Cup. If you remember that one, that wasn't actually in there. And the FA Cup against West Ham, that wasn't wow. easy, was it? <laughs> No, they made a hash of that as well, really, didn't they? Carragher loves an own goal. Right, let's give you your competition question this week, then. We always love to give away a pair of tickets here on Kellogg's, but remember, they will not be for the Liverpool game this Friday. The question this week, then, who was Exeter City's last victory against? Who was Exeter City's last victory against? If you know the answer to that, you need to email the answer to studio at radiox.co.uk that's studio at radiox.co.uk x is exe of course you need to get that email in by 10 to 9 this evening and we will give out the winner before we all head off to find out if simon's correct with the meaning of the word palpable <laughs> <laughs> i think it's a bit dodgy myself <laughs> right let's uh, crack on then and we, we We've got to talk a little bit about Saturday, Kirky, haven't we? I think we should, shouldn't we? Can you sum it up for us? O awful. <laughs> <laughs> I think, mate, honestly, it was, um, I, I guess I do what a lot of fans do. I wasn't too upset about the way we played at, uh, at home to Luton, because we were, we were really good that day, weren't we? We were just so, so unlucky. But then Oxford was a little bit of a, a bit of a wake-up call, really. And, you know, we started conceding bad goals again, haven't we? And uh, so then you look, at the, you look at the Wimbledon game and Saturday's game, and you think, OK, two home wins. You know, we've got a game in hand on some teams. That'll put us on 36 points just outside the playoffs. It doesn't mm. work like that, does it? And I thought we were... I just, I mean, I couldn't see us scoring against Wimbledon. We were slightly better, I think, but I, I don't know. It was just a, just a horrible, horrible goals, weren't they? Horrible game. Cross coming in and free headers. And uh, I think Tiz said to afterwards, didn't he, to Simon, that, um, you know, if we... if we The two 18-yard boxes, we're just not good enough in. But... 
You know, I watched the Man United Swansea game on match of the day, and Swansea scored a goal that was exactly the same as uh, as Dagenham's winner, where a guy got his cross in, where he was and, and, a, and a chap had a free head against four defenders. So it happens in in all aspects of football. But I just think you know, I just feel a little bit flat going into the Liverpool game, having lost four on the spin. Well, let's let's come to you, Simon, because you're one to quickly defend the goalkeeper. Do you think he was fouled for the first goal? Uh, no, I, I I thought he was fouled in the Luton game. I didn't think he was fouled in 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 the. Um, in the last game, I think Bobby's coming in for a bit of unfair criticism at the minute, though. I think uh, people are saying he should be having that ball on the edge of his six-yard box as it gets crossed to the back post, but there's three or four defenders there that should be getting their head to the ball, and if he's got two players in front of him and the ball, why why should he be picking up the ball on the edge of the six-yard box? It should be one of the defenders there that's not switching off and getting their head to the ball, and I think it's one of the defenders' fault for allowing that header to come in in the first place. Uh one thing as well is we're not stopping the crosses coming in, are we? Yeah, and that's another, uh, you know, real uh, Achilles heel for Exeter City. If you look at the the last few games, there's far too many crosses coming into the box that aren't being stopped. And it's kind of like you can see the, the full-backs going up against the person that's crossing it in and, and maybe just putting in a, a, a weak jump or just not being tight enough. And, and they really need to sort that out because if they do that against Liverpool, I mean, Liverpool are going to get look to get crosses into Christian Benteke. And if they do it with the ease that, you know, Dagenham and Redbridge and Wimbledon have done in the past few games, then, they, you know, they could score three or four. Do you agree, Kirky? No, I totally agree. I, it's, I mean, it's not. I mean, mainly it's coming in down the left-hand side, isn't it? I do feel a bit for Woody because you know Woody's having a little bit of a spell, isn't he? Where he's if he gets tight, he gets turned, and if he stands off, the crosses come in, and we're just not perhaps giving him enough support and getting close enough to him as a unit. You know, it was Troy's first game back, wasn't it, for a while? So I, I don't think that's the problem, though. Liverpool do not cross the ball, and that's why Ben Teke does not work for for Liverpool. I think what's happened is the FA Cup's come out, we've drawn Liverpool, everyone's got really excited, and since then. I mean, what's happened? We've lost every single game. So, I hate to be the guy that ruins this, but it's going to be a loss this weekend as well. It is. Well, where you go with that? Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> no, no, honestly. Um, we just, um, we, we've got to get tighter and stop the crosses coming in, haven't we? You know, and I think we yeah. need to defend more as a unit. We need to get midfield guys coming back and, and you know, defending deeper and, and working as a unit because it's going to be a long old 90 minutes and you don't want to go a goal down, do you? It was interesting that Ribs was on the bench. Yeah. You know, he, he played the last 10 minutes in the previous game. You'd have thought he'd have naturally started, wouldn't you? Well, if he's good enough to be on the bench, mm. I would have thought he should have started, shouldn't he? Uh, the trouble is, not these players aren't managing to get the training in the legs because the cat and fiddles uh, yeah. waterlogged, and I think that's probably when you look at the uh, uh, the Christmas and New Year results. Perhaps another factor is that is the fact that these players are coming back from injury, but they're not fully fit. So it is uh, over Luton, Oxford, uh, and Dagenham and Redbridge and Wimbledon pretty much named the same starting eleven bar one or two changes, and over that space of time and that, that many games, it's asking a lot. And I thought they looked. Uh, good against Luton, okay against Oxford, tied against Wimbledon, and tied against Dagenham Redbridge. Yeah, that's, I think that's entirely fair, isn't it? Mm. But I, and we haven't got, you know, we haven't had the central midfielders, have we? So you know, you could you, you could look at tears. And I thought we looked hard against Wimbledon. I thought he might have shaken it up a little bit against um, against uh, Dagenham on Saturday. But he's, you know, he's a loyal manager, isn't he? Stuck with the players. Yeah, yeah, good yeah. to see Nobs coming back on. Well, I was just going to say that was one of the real positives to get Nobs back and, and have a little bit of game time. Do you think he'll start Friday now? I hope he does. Yeah, I hope he does. I think we've, it's, it's, you know, we all know what Nobis brings to the team, a bit of, um, you know, quality of passing and, 
Joel Grant when he goes into the middle or Alex Nichols when he drops back into the middle. They're not midfield players, are they? They're kind of, they're wide players and I think, you know, towards the end of the game, about 50-60 minutes, you know, when we are going for, you can see the counter-attack. There is a lot of space in the middle of that pitch and I do, you know, if Nobs comes back it will be interesting because I think, you know, who's going to be the unlucky one to drop out? You know, mm. is it going to be Jordan Tilson who's done superbly well since he's come back into the team? But personally I would like to see Nobs in there. Jordan did alright though again, didn't he? I thought, yeah, I think he's, he's I mean, that, that, at the moment, I think that's probably his position as a holding midfielder, because his technique is, is, is outstanding, and I think, you know, he's to replace him in the back two, you're going to play Troy Brown, you're going to play Jordan Taylor. so the question is, do you play Jordan at centre-half, or do you play him at left-back? And I think he probably won't want to change his back four too much going into the Liverpool game, but I, what do you think, Simon? Do you think I Jordan mean, could be he could throw a curveball, and this is just uh, thinking out loud, but if he wants to keep Jordan Tilson in the team, perhaps he goes a, throws a curveball and plays a back three, if Nathan's prediction about Liverpool not getting too many crosses into the box. Perhaps he plays a back three and asks win-backs like Ribeiro and Woodman to get further forward and, and goes with that and maybe then Jordan Tilson keeps his place in the side and yeah, David Noble comes back in yeah. as well. The team like Liverpool, that's going to hurt him as well because, like you say, they, they don't put those crosses in, um, into the box. So, yeah. Might be an option. Well, it's going to be an interesting one, isn't it? So, but just, just finally, to sum up the league form, I think, you know, four defeats on the trot. It, it, it has been disappointed, especially, you know, take Oxford out of the mix. You'd have expected a good points tally from those other three fixtures, wouldn't you? Well, I think, you know, on the, when we went into the Man United game, we went in on a great run, didn't we? I think, you know, we won sort of three or four games prior to that. So, but I think, you know, you look at, it was it was the Dagenham game, wasn't it? You know, was the one, I think, chance for us to get back on the back on the bike, if you like. And I think, you know, people forget, and I think it's next Tuesday, we're going to Morecambe, aren't we? So after the Liverpool game, you know, that Morecambe game is going to be a pretty, pretty big game. You're listening to Keller's Bootlaces on Radio X. We've got the views of Alex Ing Inglethorpe. Well, the memories of Alex Inglethorpe, really, are that Old Trafford tie 11 years ago. We'll do your competition question again, and hopefully we'll have time to squeeze in Kirky's FA Cup quiz. Coming up next, here's a bit of Coldplay. <laughs>
Bootlaces on Radio X. It's the Monday night hour between eight and nine. It's all things Exodus City. That was Coldplay Adventure of a Lifetime, and we're on a pretty big FA Cup adventure this week, aren't we, lads? Very good, mate. Very good. Yeah, nice little link there, wasn't it? Let's remind you of the competition <laughs> question again tonight. Your chance to win a pair of tickets to a future Exodus City game. The question this evening is who was Exodus City's last victory against? If you know the answer to that and you'd like to win a pair of tickets to a future Exodus game, they won't be Liverpool tickets, by the way. You need to email studio at radiox.co.uk. X is E-X-E, of course. You need to get that in by 10 to 9 this evening. Right, over the Christmas period, Kirky and I made the long road trip up to Liverpool. We caught up with the former Exeter City manager, who is now the director of the Liverpool Academy, Alex Inglethorpe. Very generous was of his time, and we had the pleasure of sitting down in his office and nattering all things football. And we took him back to that time 11 years ago when he made that trip with Exeter City to Old Trafford. So we've got a couple of parts coming up now as we play that interview back to you. And we started by taking him right back to the third round draw. Let's take you back 11 years, you're Exeter City manager, and we get drawn against Manchester United in the third round of the FA Cup. Do you remember where you were for the draw? 
I do. I was around Steve Perriman's house at the time, and um, remember being in his front room. And of course, Manchester United came out the hat first. And I think there was a part of you that hopes Exeter City will be the one out. But when it comes out, you're not quite sure whether that's still part <laughs> of you imagining it or whether it's actually a reality. So, of course, it quickly sunk in that that we'd, uh, we'd drawn the big one. And there's a pretty iconic photo at the time, I think, of you and Steve coming off the sofas, arms are raised. Yeah, well, I think we just realised straight away that, you know, with the situation the club was in, just, you know, immediately that was a, that was a bit of a game-changer for the, for, the, for the club. So I think it was more than just a, a dream tie from a footballing perspective. It was more about, you know, the, the, the impact that could have on the club and, you know, mm. in changing the, the situation that it, that it was in. Obviously, Tizzle, we're going through the same sort of thing now. The draw comes out, the, the game's four or five weeks away. How did you uh, keep things in perspective? How did you keep the team focused before that game? I remember, it's, it's funny you should say that, because I remember going into the dressing room the day after, you know, obviously trying to suppress the big smile on, on the face, and the players probably do something similar. I think we had four games before before we were meant to play them, and I, I, I remember saying to them, the team from I'm not stupid you all want to play at, at Old Trafford of course you do but the team's not been picked you know we use the next four games to to pick the team so you know, if you're in the team well done do your best to stay in it and if you're not in it then there's opportunities for you but I think that that was the the incentive to play at Old Trafford was to also do well in the four games and I think we sort of won all four leading into I remember going to Old Trafford sort of on the, on the back of a mm. A bit of momentum, which I think helped as well. Would you have preferred to have played that game at St James's Park or at Old Trafford? Old Trafford, definitely. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that it's. I, I think just from a supporters' point of view, more than anything else, I think to actually go to, you know, have a day out and and mm. and go to a, you know, one of the biggest Premier League clubs, if not one of the biggest clubs in the world, and and see your team play on their pitch as well. I think is, you know, you wouldn't want. To have deprived anyone of that. From a footballing perspective, probably at home, because you fancy your chances far more at home than you than you would do at, at Old Trafford. But I think just for the club and what it would what it meant to everyone, then it was perfect to go to Old Trafford. Talking about you know picking the team, you had four games. How did you manage players' expectations? Because because like you say, everyone wants to play in that tie, don't they? Mm. Was that your toughest man management period as a manager of the football club? I think so. I'm not sure it was too difficult. I seem to remember we had um, a, a couple of injuries, and I think there's also a, a realism amongst some of the players. They sort of know when they're in the team, when they're not in the team. You know, the ones that were probably you know, a bit further away from the squad probably didn't expect to play there. But I think we, we made the decision that everyone was going to be involved. Everyone was going to have um, a part to players, you know, in the squad. And I've always believed that you're only as good as your bench or your players that aren't playing. That you know, you can usually tell by their faces of whether it's a harmonious mm. squad or not. But I think it was just trying to be as honest as you possibly could with as with as many of them, and as probably as early as well, because you know, I remember that you, you wouldn't want your whole family necessarily going up to Old Trafford if you weren't going to be in the squad. You wouldn't want to make all those arrangements. So I think we tried to be as as fair with them as you know as, as early as we could. Mm. And, and moving on to the day itself, eleven years on, could you mm. still name the team that you picked? Probably not. I think it would be <laughs> goodness me. Like, I remember <laughs> probably Paul Jones was in goal. Uh, Good start. <laughs> yeah, D Moxie would have been at left back. Uh, Scotty would have been at right back. I probably think Santos and um, Toddy centre halves. Marcus Martin played, I think. 
in midfield with um, come back to that uh, <laughs> Andy Taylor played yeah sure um, Sean Devine Steve Flack so I'm probably missing I think Gary Sawyer was sent half. Gary Sawyer was sent half. Alex Janine was left back. Okay, so Dean would have played up the line. Left midfield, you're right. What are your big memories in the actual game? Um, I mean, we've all got our memories. I I mean, it's it's great that we're speaking like this, but the truth is, I don't. I haven't really thought about it too much. I've I've never wanted it to be sort of like a a game that defines a career, but it's lovely to think about it now, but I Mm. haven't done for 11 years. I've not. Right. Obviously, it's not something that I tend to think about. But I suppose if, if I had to search the memories now, I'd be thinking. I, I remember, um, remember getting a corner very or quite early on, and thinking, okay, this would be interesting because we're not bad at these, and <laughs> this is a moment that we, we, you know, possibly could, could see. And I think we chunked it. I remember chunking it down in in the player's mind, thinking, okay, what does the first 20 minutes look like? How, how do we? If the first 20, you know, what do we, what do we then do? What, you know, the go through the what ifs. What if we're two or three goals down? What if we're, what if we're up? What if we're level? Um, and just trying to sort of break. And I remember sort of getting to, to half time and feeling that we hadn't really been under. I thought we managed, mm-hmm. managed the, the game fairly well up until that point. Um, and then I remember sort of Ronaldo and whoever else coming on, Sam Smith, skulls, and yeah, skulls, skulls coming on, thinking, well, it's not fair. <laughs> Come on, we're doing all right here, and you're yeah. not allowed to do that. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be allowed to sort of bring those players on. That but last 15 minutes, did you age at all? Or? I think you end up feeling. You know, you, you make the subs that you make, and you end up feeling a little bit helpless at the end of it. There's not much you can really do because they've got the ball. You haven't, which we were happier with. If, if, if I'm truthful, you know, our, our worry is always going to be when we had the ball, not what we did. Because, <laughs> um, if we didn't have the ball, I was, com- I was confident in our shape and our mentality and, and preparation, mm-hmm. but. You know, I thought it was. Again, I, I don't remember Jonesy pulling off anything that you say was an outrageous save, and I don't remember them missing a chance, which we thought, wow, that that's something which. So that the whole of the game, it, it felt, you know, probably unnervingly comfortable, and mm-hmm. I suppose in the back of your mind, the worst, the worst time is, is the added time, the additional time. That's the mm-hmm. worst part. You know, the skulls he had that chance across the set yard box, didn't he? Yeah, he's a bad player. You're listening to Fulsey and Kirky on Radio X. It's Callow's Bootlaces, an hour of all things Exeter City. Come on, city. It's time to peel yourself off the sofa and find an even comfier one. IKEA Winter Sale is now on. With an extra 10% off sale items for IKEA family members. Search IKEA for more details. Sale ends Sunday. IKEA, the wonderful everyday. Enjoy a hearty Sunday roast and traditional home-cooked food with locally sourced real ales. Whether it's a family gathering or dinner for two, the Stables Cowley is the perfect destination for wining and dining. Cozy up and relax in modern, comfortable surroundings with a vintage twist. Book now at stablesexeter.co.uk or give us a call. We're a country pub just a canter from Crediton, a trot from Exeter. The Stables Exeter.
Places on Radio X. We'll certainly be searching for Hero on Friday, won't we, lads? Yeah. Well, indeed. Stand and that's my play. last corny link of the evening. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> no, I don't believe you either. <laughs> Still half an hour yet. Call yourself a DJ. <laughs> anyway, we're halfway through our interview with former city manager Alex Inglethorpe, who, of course, was in charge the last time we reached the third round. We went to Old Trafford, as we know, we drew nil-nil and brought them back to the park for a replay. Let's crack on with that interview now, and we caught up with Alex on his thoughts on the final whistle. I was just watching highlights again in the past week, right. and, and you look the coolest man at Old Trafford walking down the steps to shake Alex Ferguson's hand, but your heart must have been pumping, wasn't it? 
it must have been going ten to the dozen. Nil nil at Old Trafford. It was, but I think as well we've we've made sort of a pact with ourselves, and I think this is where Steve Perriman, you know, would, would have been integral to it as well. That we, I think we'd, as a group of players, we were desperate to do well by the club, and not let ourselves down. And we didn't. We I think beforehand we avoided. We'd managed to sort of navigate our way through the press, and we hadn't had any silly headlines. There was no silly pictures or, or, or comments from players about what we were going to do, and everything was very very correct and respectful I thought and mm-hmm. so I suppose there's a part of it that we just wanted to so, and I think the, I think as well we actually did go we, we weren't, it wasn't just a day out for the players I, I genuinely believed that we were going to get something out of the game so you know I, I'm not saying at the end of the game I suppose you, you straight away to the next one thinking as well alright mm-hmm. they've got to come to our place now and yeah, that's basically you can win it we've asked you before and I probably expect the same answer but it's 11 years on what did Sir Alex say to you on the final whistle well, he he was really good. He, he invited me in for a for a glass of wine afterwards, and, and we sat and chatted. And um, he, he was just very giving of his time. And uh, you know, we, we went in, and after we did the press, and and he was just just good. Just spoke mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily about this game, but just about football in general. And you know, he's, he's everything you'd you think he is. And so 0-0 at Old Trafford, quite a low-key build-up to that game, as it were, but I guess it exploded after that result, didn't it? Yeah, it did a little bit. I think <laughs> it, you know, went a bit crazy for a, for a week or so, and um, great feeling around the place, fantastic for the club to suddenly realise that you know, it, was, it was a bit more of a payday than they thought, the mm-hmm. home one as well. And um, I think, yeah, of course, the preparation going to the home one, the home match was... Was tough because I think then it, it, it really did go, um, you know, it, it, out, out of the realms of normality. It was, uh, it, but it was a wonderful time as well because I think the, the, the players had their, you know, the, the exposure that they deserved. But suddenly mm-hmm. you could see that training sessions probably, you know, there was more photographers there than, than normal, <laughs> more press, more, more TV cameras. So. Good, great experience for everyone. Mm. And when you handed that team sheet for the second game, and, and mm. you saw the changes that he made, and he was taking it a lot more seriously, and you know, well, we got the flight roster. <laughs> we, we, we were lucky enough to. I remember looking back now. I think we got the flight roster from from Flyby, so we knew who was uh, in the so, so we knew from you know when they were. We had an idea that the, the big guns were coming in, but it's sort of what you wanted in mm. some respects because you you think that the crowd. At St James' Park, they deserve to see, uh, you know, the, 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 a, a really good representation of what United were, and you know, so I thought it was it was fitting. Looking looking back, that second game, obviously they played their big wigs. Um, potentially, we could have been onto a hiding, but it was quite a tight game, really, mm. wasn't it? Yeah. Um, Sean Devine had that great opportunity to level things. Yeah, he did. Lost it in the floodlights. He said, <laughs> <laughs> "No one loses anything in our floodlights." <laughs> Is, is there anything looking back differently you'd have perhaps done tactically or? Not really. I, I think you, you know we you, ultimately you're playing against you know it's a team that went on to win the Champions League, didn't they? So I think that you, mm-hmm. you know over two games and uh, 180 minutes the tie was effectively settled in the last 10 minutes of the second match. So sort of on you know 175 minutes into the game the, the, the tie is over. So that's not bad. And, and you're right, Sean did have a big chance um, at 1-0, which it, if you wanted it to fall to anyone, you'd have wanted it to fall to him. Yeah. You know, he was the most natural finisher we had. And, uh, but it wasn't meant to be, so 
It would have been interesting if it had gone in though. Yeah, yeah, it would have. And just, just finally, Alex, your thoughts on this game coming up then? Obviously, you're here at Liverpool now, still got a, a real good affection that comes across for Exercy. Mm. What's your thoughts ahead of this one? It'll be tough for Liverpool. We know it'll be tough. I'm sure that, you know, I think it's in the middle of a, a really sort of congested um, period of fixtures for the, for the club. It'll be a tie that you know, everyone will be looking forward to. That you, you, I think you're right, you said to me before about the third round always being sort of like an iconic mm-hmm. sort of period around the, the FA Cup. There's always sort of like some giant killing that goes on, and you know, we, I'm sure very keen to avoid it being Liverpool that's, that's you know, part of that. But you know, I think if anything can happen, can't it? It's a, it's a great place. I've got to tell you a quick story about the. Um, the main night game before you before you want to move on. <laughs> oh, we love stories. We love stories. <laughs> so, afterwards, I remember being at the Cat and Fiddle, and um, there's a we had a, United really good. They gave us all the shirts from the from the first game, the Old Trafford game. So I've got them in the filing cabinet in the locker room. And one by one, the players will come in and they get to choose a shirt. They get to choose a shirt. And there's one shirt I cannot get rid of for love no money. All right, and they don't. It's the one that no one wants. It's sort of they look through it and they they, they sort of hold it up to the so they see the number and the name on the back and they're like, no, no, I have that one. Or, yeah, okay, I'll have O'Shea or I'll have this or I'll have Smith. And okay, so they, they go through. This shirt is hanging around the bottom of my filing cabinet for weeks, probably months, until eventually I can't remember for the life of me you came in and said, so that shirt hanging around. I said, yeah, he said, can I have it? I said, yes, or no one else wants it. PK. Okay. <laughs> Oh, brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. Worth a fortune, mate. Probably. Cool. Well, and I'm kicking myself because I didn't want yeah. it either, so <laughs> what, what do I know? Brilliant. Steve Flack and Gerard Piquet, what a combination. Yeah, yeah exactly. You never say that in the same sentence at all, <laughs> Not unless you're drunk. <laughs> Thank you so much, Alex. Pleasure. Brilliant. This is Kello's Bootlaces with Fulzy, Kirksey and Adrian Edmondson. The wind was up round here last night The roof of one of me bars took flight I'm gonna get down West Country For slate and tiles and GRP If you do a drawer in West Country, Slate'll work it out for you It don't matter whether it's 2 metres or 403 From a roof repair to a complete property Including your UPVC supplies Call West Country Slate on Exeter 409 390 Be seeing you directly For everything on under one roof, they'll make sure it's weatherproof. Don't be leaving it too late. Get yourself down a West Country slate. With the nights drawing out, there's no better excuse than getting out on your bike with a quality bike from Route 2 Bikes in Topsham. Whether you want to get out with the family, commute to work, or prepare for your triathlon, you'll find it all at Route 2 Bikes. With expert advice from Liz Hodges, like how to get on the Cycle to Work scheme or how to tackle your first triathlon. Google Route 2 Bikes or visit Amity Place Topsham and get on your bike today. If you want an intimate wedding for friends and family. I do. Or an extravagant ceremony for up to 200 people. I do. The Lord Halden Hotel will create a wedding tailored to your wishes. You've got the greatest love of all, which is why we'll ensure you have the greatest wedding of all. Visit our wedding open weekend on the 9th and 10th of January. For details, call Exeter 832 483 or visit our Facebook page. We want to marry you the Holden way at the Best Western Lord Holden Hotel.
living it up in the city. Got chucks on with Saint Laurent. Gotta kiss myself, so pretty. I'm too hot. Call the police and the fireman. I'm too hot. Make a dragon wanna retire, man. I'm too hot. Say my name, you know who I am. I'm too hot. And my band bought that money. Break it down. Girls hit you, hallelujah. Girls hit you, hallelujah. Girls hit you, hallelujah. Cause Uptown Punk don't give it to you.
Mr. Ronson and Mr. Mars on Radio X. You're listening to Kello's Bootlaces. Kirky, great interview with Alex. It, uh, great to spend some time with him. And, and we forget how young he was for that Manchester United game. Did, did you expect him to go on to bigger and greater things like he has? Um, I th well, I don't know. He was, he was always very good at bringing the young players through, wasn't he? You know, like your George Friends, your Dean Moxies, your Danny Seaborns. Very into the youth academy time was Liam coming through. But like you, I think, you know, you tend to forget he was only 32, 33. What an experience. And I think there's a few things in the interview. He doesn't look back on the, on the, on the, um, the game much, he said, didn't he? And also, mm. he didn't know the team. I'd be thinking about that game every single <laughs> night. But I think what struck me, Fawzi, was how, how passionate he is about Exeter. Because when we walked in, he was, you know, First thing he wanted to know, how's Exeter as a city, what's happening down there, you know, with the, looking yeah. back fondly at his time, so first result they look for. But eight years at Tottenham, of course, and he's now at Liverpool, and, and yeah. the thing that struck me, he just felt so at home there, and, and, and so part of it. Yeah. Uh, and I guess that's what comes when you got the top job at the yeah, academy. Well, he is the Don, he's the man, isn't he? He is the Don. Well, we got the second part of that interview to come up, it may be next week, it may be the week after, and of course next week just depends on what happens on Friday night, because <laughs> we, we may have a rock and roll of a show yeah, next Monday, saying, depending if we get on tonked, the score. It'll be the uh, second part <laughs> of the interview, will it? <laughs> it will indeed. Right, Kirky, yeah. it's time for your big FA Cup quiz. Yes, and my prediction is there's going to be more goals scored on Saturday than correct answers in this quiz. It's a hard one. It's Simon versus Simon versus Fulzi. Simon, you ready for this? Best time. Yep. First question. Who has won? Which two, footballer? Two, two. Me. It's you. Okay. <laughs> Keep up. Who has won? Which footballer has won the most FA Cup winners medals? Um, I will go with, um, Brian Robson. Is not correct. Fawzi, over to you. Oh, 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 oh. Giggsy? Uh, no. Oh. Nathan, keep his score. Nathan, you want to show here or not? You know, I'll just leave near the question. Just uh. keep his score. Ashley Cole has won seven. Oh, oh, I knew it had to be Chelsea related. Fawzi, over to you. Who has won the FA Cup the most times? Who has won the FA Cup the Can most times? Which team has won the FA Cup the most times? I think that must be United, mustn't it? Over to you, Si. Yeah, it's United, isn't it? No, it's wrong. It's over to you. Oh, Chelsea? <laughs> Arsenal. 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 Too late, Fawzi. Right, Simon, back over to you. How many times have Liverpool won the FA Cup? Seven. Brilliant. Oh. How did you know that? It's in the song, if you listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> right, Fawzi. Two current Exeter City players played against Liverpool for Exeter City in 2011. Can you name one of them? Oh, that's just one of them. Just one of them. I will two current, two current, two current Exeter City players played against the World 2011. Can you name one of them? David Noble is right for one. Yes. Coming over to you, yes. Simon. Name the other. Um, I'm going to go with uh, <laughs> Matt Oakley. Tom Nichols. Tom Nichols. Oh, I could have stealed that. You could have done. Yeah, I could have stole it as well. Yeah. Would you have gone Tom Nichols? Oh, I would have gone Tom Nichols. Get point now. <laughs> no, no point, no point. Right, Fawzi, back to you. Who was the last Liverpool player to score in an FA Cup final? The last Liverpool player to score in an FA Cup final? Was. Oh, man. I should know that. You should. What's the year? 2012. 2012. Lost to Chelsea 2-1. The last Liverpool player to Ramirez score. scored. Not for Liverpool. No, Chelsea went 2-0 up and then this player scored in 2012. Ah, uh, Torres? Over to you, Michael Owen. Andy Carroll. Oh, yeah, I remember it now. <laughs> He's so playing by then. last question. How many times have Exeter City played Liverpool in the FA Cup before? Shocking. It, um, it only once in the FA Cup before. They've played three times in the League Cup before. So once in the FA Cup once is the, correct. Yeah. 
Ah, he's a Jerno, isn't he? That's what he does all day. Question. Stevie P, the legend, lifted the FA Cup two years running. In 1981, he lifted it when they beat Man City. He lifted it in 1982. Who did Spurs beat in 1982 when Stevie P lifted the FA Cup? Ah, in 1982. 1981, they beat Manchester City, didn't they? Come on, though. Yep. In 1982, did they beat... uh, Replay. Uh, uh, West Ham. His head's gone. Sorry, over to you. I think it's, the, is that the Ricky Villa final? Um, uh, no, that's City, mate. Okay, uh, I'll go Coventry. QPR. Uh, Coventry beat them, didn't they? Coventry did beat them. Yeah. yeah. How are we doing, Nate? What's the scores on the doors? You ready? I yeah. can't have lost the Simon, sure. Four zero and got one. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. I'll, um, I'll be the Liverpool. Simon with two. Oh, I'll be the Liverpool score. Simon with two. <laughs> Three <laughs> points. Well done, mate. Well two done, Simon. On Friday. Yeah, that'd be really? good, wouldn't it? Two one to see. Fair play, fair play indeed. Right, <laughs> I can't believe I lost this, Simon. I'll never hear the end of that. Right, let's give you the competition winner then for this evening. We asked the question, which was Exeter City's last victory, and it was Kirky. Paul Vale in the FA Cup second round about three years ago. It feels like that's uh, about five weeks ago, four weeks ago. Cool. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And that was great. If we play like we played against Paul Yeah, we'll be absolutely fine. And we're going to. Positive cool. vibes. Excellent. Well, we had a few wrong answers. We had lots of right answers. I think we had a bumper entry tonight, which was great. And the winner this evening is Charlie Howe. Well done, Charlie boy. Charlie boy, Charlie girl. Congratulations <laughs> to you, Charlie. Those, um, tickets will wind their way to you. We'll send you details off to the football club and they will be in contact to you. So congratulations, Charlie. A pair of tickets for you. Right, just some quick news from the club. Obviously, we've got uh, Liverpool arriving. It's a 5 to 8 kickoff on Friday, isn't it? 7.55 is right. Yeah, so I don't think it's an 8 o'clock and come no, at minute two. the park at quarter to 8. No, I think it will be a little bit congested, yeah. so I would I would try and get there quite early if you want to get in and not miss any of the action. So that's 5 to 8 kickoff on Friday. Let's just remind you quickly about the redevelopment as well, because that's a big topic that's um, gone under the radar, obviously, because of the build-up to the cup match. There's big plans to redevelop the away end and the old grandstand at St James's Park. The club do need your support, so please head to the official club website, exodacityfc.co.uk. You can scroll down through the news items and click on the redevelopment, and, and the club needs your feedback. They need you to get involved, so please get on to that uh, and get involved there and leave your details and do what the club needs you to do, because we need this redevelopment to happen. Don't we can do, yeah. Um, you know, for the future of the club, better facilities, and, and the old grandstand has really outlasted itself, hasn't it, Simon? Yeah, we need a new press box. <laughs> we need a new <laughs> press box. We do indeed. So that's that. And just one more thing. Thursday night, Jan Mulby is at the football club. Um, if you'd like to come along, it's a, a sportsman's dinner on Thursday night. Jan Mulby, obviously a Liverpool legend, is the guest speaker ahead of the game on Friday. If you'd like to book a space for that, then you need to contact Mark Jenkins at the football club. So just phone up the club number, ask for Mark Jenkins and say you're interested in the Jan Mulby dinner and he'll sort all the details for you. Right, let's um, talk about Friday then, guys, in the m- few minutes that we've got left. Uh, realistically, Kirky? 
score? I think, well, you just, the longer it goes, the more chance we've, we've got, haven't we? You know, I think it's, it's going to be interesting because Tiz will throw a curved ball. And of course we've got a chance. I mean, that, that's given me great heart hearing Simon's mashup before the game about Oldham losing seven out of eight and they were in League One at the time. Mm. So under the lights, the iconic lights, Jurgen's first experience of the FA Cup. Yeah, there's no reason why we can't get a draw. I mean, you, know, you just don't know in football, do you? Going down to Argyle, we didn't think we'd get a result down there and we won. I'm not saying that Argyle are better than Liverpool, but you know, you just do not know in football. It'll be, it'll be a battling Exeter City performance. He said curveball for, for Tiz, potentially, which he normally yeah. does on these big games. Would you like to suggest anything? I th well, Simon, Simon and I think the curveball might be Clinton starting. Do you agree with that one, Simon, or not? Yeah, I agree with that one, and the only other one is perhaps a change in formation, because I did read uh, an article earlier on today, I think it was in one of the Nationals, where they were discussing the um, in the coaches' room the preference between a, a back three or a back four, so that's the only thing I, I could perhaps see happening as well. Mm. And we, we, we've we talked to, you know, certainly off-air, that, that Klopp's got to take this seriously, isn't it? It's his first FA Cup game, it's live on the telly, he's on a poor run as well, so he's going to have to play his best team, isn't he? Yeah, but that might actually work into Exeter City's hands if you think if they play their best team, will they those players be up for a match at uh, Exeter City? If they play, you know, the young players that they did against Southampton, the Liverpool players could be more up for that, and that could be more of a problem for Exeter City. So if they play, if they play the first team, that actually might work into Exeter City's hands. He's got a lot of players out as well, hasn't he? Yeah, a lot yeah. of players. I think. Talking Klopp and everyone's playing badly at Liverpool at the moment, it's a time for the youngsters to get involved and um, prove to the new manager that, you know, why not just pick me? Mm. So, yeah, I don't think we'll see a standard Liverpool lineup um, against Exeter this weekend. I, I got a sneaky feeling, I know you guys don't agree, but I got a sneaky feeling that Sturridge will be involved on Friday night. It, it's a good introduction, isn't it? Uh, I was, we were saying before, weren't we? I mean, he's, he's mentioned our problems with his hamstrings, and like Simon was saying, it's not the kind of ground you'd, you'd bring back a heavy pitch, first game back. I'm, I'm not sure. And he, you know, there's, there's injury problems all over Liverpool, isn't there? Mm. I think Henderson might be out, Milner might be out. I think Danny Ings is out, isn't he? So it's, it's, yeah. there's a lot of players in there you wouldn't recognise as being first choice Liverpool players. So si, who would you put on Ben Teke? Jordan or Taylor? Um, no, I'd put Troy Brown on, on Ben Teke, I think. Um, Troy Brown gets his head to everything, and, uh, I don't think he needs anyone yeah. on Ben Teke. <laughs> well, maybe not. Yeah, leave him on Mark. So I don't want to, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think he knows what he's doing at the moment, that boy. I don't think you want to give him a free header on the six-yard box, and make him the, uh, This will come back to haunt you, mate. <laughs> We've struggled with that already. Right, come on guys, we're running out of time. We're gonna go around quickly, starting with Nathan. Prediction for Friday night. Uh one nil going up first for Exeter, three one end result. Uh I think probably two one. City. I'm thinking a battling nil-nil, take them back to Anfield, which is what you said all along, Falsey, so you're going to be the one that calls this one, because you've, you've got it right so far, but I'm going to go nil-nil City. Nil-nil? Nil-nil City. A moral victory. I will end it then. I think it's going to be a draw as well, but I'm going to go one all. I think we'll score. We'll get the big bank singing. Yeah. There we go, everyone. Thank you ever so much for listening to our FA Cup special, especially to Alex Inglethorpe for his time. And we'll leave you tonight with a song that might just give us a bit of hope.
number 51, Exeter City, will be at home to Liverpool. Suddenly, I'm not half the man I used to be. There's a shadow hanging over me. Oh, yesterday came suddenly. Away by Carragher. Howard's there once more. Still going. Oh, yes! He's won it! Liverpool are going out to the FA Cup. And what a chance and what a goal! Richard Paquette, can you believe this? What a sensation here at Anfield. It's at the cup end. It's 1-0 to Harrington Waterloo. Yesterday, love was such an easy game to play. I need a place to hide away. from Gunnarsson again and a fantastic ball and Reading lead Shane Long with the goal his first of the season they were going out a few moments ago now they could be dumping Liverpool out I said something wrong now I long for yesterday decent cross it's a third goal for Oldham and Liverpool's afternoon goes from bad to worse I need a place to hide away. Oldham Athletic, who've lost seven out of their last eight in League One, have pulled up the impossible here. They've beaten Liverpool 3 2. You've been listening to Callers Bootlaces on Radio X. It's nine o'clock.